steal at center as Eichel lifted a stick. The free puck to Petrangelo in his own zone. Stretch pass. Eichel is in with a cutter. Third man Martinez scores! Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Bennett looking cross ice, Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down in a waffle and go into the goal. It's a hat trick in the clincher. Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8 3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Tenth game of the year for the Vegas Golden Knights, hooking up on a homestand to start against the Montreal Canadiens. The Golden Knights will play three in a row here at T-Mobile, part of a four-game week. This is the end of a three-game and four-night stretch for Vegas. Mm-hmm. On Thursday, they will start another one against Winnipeg before hosting Colorado on Saturday and ending the stretch in Anaheim on Sunday. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. It's the VGK Insider Show. Uh, It is Ryan working with Chris Chapman back at the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. And uh, Chapman, uh, you're a a fan of the game. We lean on you for for that perspective. Uh, Where are you as a Las Vegan bonding with the history of the game in Montreal coming in. Do you get excited? Any Anything extra special jump in here? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does because I think anytime an original six franchise comes into town, it, it, it's special. Um, I think as a fan, we value those matchups. Maybe, maybe not more, but I think when, when you look right away when the schedule comes out, hey, when do the Canadians come to town? When does the Maple Leafs come to town? When do the Red Wings come to town? And maybe it's because those teams have all the tradition and, and They've got, well, most of them have, a couple of them have a lot of banners, but it's, it's, it's always cool. It was fun when they played in the, the I don't know, conference final a couple of years ago, um, even though we were on the wrong side of that one here in Vegas. I, it was still pretty fun to be part of that history, and, and to have that history with the Canadians will always be special. So, yeah, I, I get excited when Montreal comes to town. Yeah, Montreal pulled off uh, an upset in that series. <laughs> yep. After staging highway robbery in the two previous series against Toronto and Winnipeg. Nobody ever expected the Habs to get to uh, a Stanley Cup final, and that was the the end, the last we ever saw of Carey Price, mm-hmm. who uh, will not play again, will highly likely not play again. Yeah. I guess we shouldn't. Uh, modern medicine and different things they can do, but the knee injury will prevent him from, from going out. And and since then, it's been a real challenge. Uh, the, the rebuild, and uh, they had the number one pick uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, boy, did they miss that by a year. Not uh, that they're upset with Slavkovsky, but uh, boy, that uh, <laughs> thinking what you could get with uh, with Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I do uh, approach it differently when, when a, a Montreal especially, and not that you have to rank them or anything but mm-hmm. these are original six teams and vegas is a is a town that's largely built on people from other places uh, it's always fun when these teams come through chicago or the rangers uh, detroit and and uh, even the canadian teams like montreal yeah I'm, I'm right there with you guys i love it when montreal is in town i i love uh, everything about the, the the organization, I really do. The 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 mystique that surrounds the Canadians, the 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 success, the winning, all the years in which they were just a, a dynamic powerhouse. Um, and you have to like 
you know, you kind of put myself in my through through from my perspective. Patrick Waugh was such a, a a vital piece of my early hockey memories, and it was Patrick Waugh with the Montreal Canadiens. It was Patrick Waugh doing phenomenal things with that organization, and um, I, it was a it was a love hate thing for me with Patrick Waugh. But I I always 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 loved and appreciated watching the Montreal Canadiens anytime they would come through the city where uh, where I was from. Patrick was kind of an outlier on the history of Montreal. Like Patrick was brash and arrogant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cocky. Loved it. Compare that to uh, whether you want to go Henri Richard mm-hmm. or uh, some of the Montreal greats with, with the elegance and the prestige uh, uh, attached to them. Uh, a little different. Richard was, he had some fire, mm-hmm. obviously, and, and could uh, certainly get himself involved in uh, controversial eyes situations with a Richard riot google it uh, you, you'll see it but uh, but this is a this is a franchise that has a lot of uh, just a wonderful tradition to it. it it's the only team in the National Hockey League that has a different language yeah. like right 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 there it gives it a different feel mm-hmm. uh, because of the the, the French of uh, of Quebec and and that part part of Canada and uh, so automatically there's uh, 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 because you don't uh, speak that language, there's uh, an element of uh, appreciation of uh, that. That's it's slightly different. Yeah, I mean, y- you you touch on a really good good aspect there because the the coverage surrounding Montreal is twice as much as anywhere else because of that. You you have two languages. You have um, press really hitting it from two different angles, and they've got they've got ghosts as as I've been yes. told. They do have ghosts. The, so uh, the, the mystique uh, is certainly there. Uh, and the media in Montreal, it, like it is, it's massive. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're right, you have duplicates because of the language. But it's probably two-thirds French, one-third mm-hmm. English because the population is so predominantly French. So it, uh, that, that part uh, uh, plays into it. They have two broadcasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other team has, has one uh, host broadcaster, uh, Script Sports is the Vegas Golden Knights team broadcaster. Sure. Uh, the the uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens have RDS, and then they would uh, would have uh, TSN mm-hmm. uh, is is their English language uh, provider. So there's just there's always something a little bit extra uh, with w- with Montreal, and there's um, a confidence uh, uh, around uh, the, the 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 French. Uh, that uh, that hold the 24 banners of the Montreal Canadiens high, and a uh, opinion that they have the the best history of the game, and they they invented uh, a lot of the traditions of the game, the mm-hmm. the dynasties, and then there's been several Montreal Canadian dynasties uh, over the years. So uh, there's um, whether you want to call it uh, uh, confidence. Whether you want to call it arrogance, there's <laughs> there's there's probably a mix there in between of of, of different parts uh, uh, of the Montreal Canadiens, which which I think is is great for for our game. I I'm a big fan of um, confidence, of being brash, of of embracing history, and I I think for you know for that aspect, like the the Montreal Canadiens can get away with that confidence 
even though they haven't won a championship since 93 because they've won the most, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they can get away with, with just being brash about it in certain situations because of what their history dictates they've been able to do, and you have belief that at some point in time they'll be able to get back there again. I think that's really what it boils down to is uh, it's it's a down season right now for the Montreal Canadiens, but I, I believe uh, wholeheartedly that at some point in time they're going to be um, – not a dynasty like they were, but a team that's challenging for Stanley Cups on a year-in, year-out basis. Chapman, start with you. Who is your favorite Montreal Canadian or a couple of favorite Montreal Canadian players of all time? And then we'll go to uh, Wallace. Well, I'm not old enough to have seen him play for Montreal. You don't have but, to be. No, but but I remember when Guy Lafleur played for the Rangers, and my uncle would take me to New York Ranger games at the Garden, and every time he touched the puck, the fans would say, Gee! And that just was something that stuck with me. And it, it, it was kind of cool. So, so he's on the list just because I remember his time with the Rangers and I remember how, how fun it was when I would go to those Ranger games with my uncle and I'd hear the fans chanting his name every time he touched the puck. Um, I like Nick Suzuki. I mean, I, I, I know he, he's not like a, a, a Canadian's legend, but I do enjoy watching him play. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes you, your mind wanders and wonders what could have been had he had he still been part of this franchise. But nonetheless, his career is, has blossomed in Montreal, so so I do enjoy watching him. Uh, I liked Philip Deneau when he was in Montreal as well. I mean, just a just a solid player and a good leader. And now he's well, he's a pain in the butt in in Los Angeles, but still a, a, a fun player and a good player for the Canadians. And and listen, Carrie Carey Price won me over at the. Not that he needed to, but when he he did the the special thing at the award show a couple of years ago here in Vegas, I think there there weren't a lot of dry eyes in 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 the um the the the, the theater and just a just a great dude off the ice and and a great player on the ice. So so he certainly goes in there as well. Got to admit, did not see Phil Deneau or. Nick Suzuki being on the list of, uh, of favorite Montreal. Well, Canadians listen, of, I mean, of, of all time. I, I just, modern modern I just, rendition. You know, I was I mean, going, I was going a little bit farther back than that. Well, it's, I mean, it's fine. I think, I, I think they're both good players. I just didn't have them on my list. I, I mean, listen, I, I I could say Rocket Richard, but I mean, I don't remember. I I never saw him play. I he mean, didn't so, see Guy either. No, but Montreal, I saw Guy so. with the Rangers. So okay. so I have that connection. Uh, I did not see uh, Jean Beliveau play. I met him, but and, and he was so just wonderful and and classy, and my I, my grandmother had the biggest crush on him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I will put Jean Beliveau up there as as favorites when, but I've only ever seen highlights of him. Yeah, uh, and uh, just the 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 ultimate. Uh, I love Guy uh, because he did everything. He uh, flew helicopters. He smoked like like he he and he flew down the ice with his hair that was uh, that was uh, flying behind him and scored these these great goals. And I I didn't like the Montreal Canadiens in the in the seventies when I was uh, growing up, but I like Guy 
and yeah. and that that kind of he, he transcended that uh, the arrogance and the the excellence of you either liked the Montreal Canadiens or you hated the Montreal Canadiens back yeah. then, and uh, and I was on the other side. I did not like them at all, but boy, did I like watching Guy Lafleur play, <laughs> and and then and then Patrick because of uh, his brash. This may surprise you, uh, given how uh, I come on here and and talk and uh, and throw things around. I like the the cockiness and the arrogance of Patrick Waugh because that dude could back it up. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, I'm I'm 100%. My absolute favorite Montreal Canadian of all time is Patrick Waugh, um, and I I loved him, and I hated him, and it was perfect, and it was fantastic, and I I just I'm with you. Like there was there was a a confidence and an arrogance of of Patrick Waugh. He let you know how good he was, and then he went out there and showed you too. And that was that was phenomenal for me. Um, more to my generation, it's Saku Koivu. Like when I think of the Montreal, classy guys, right? When I think of the Montreal Canadiens, I think of Saku Koivu. Like that, that's probably the one uh, that that burns into my brain as as much as as really any any other one. Um, and you know, I I think that's kind of where it begins and ends for me. I I I didn't I didn't see Guy Lafleur. I didn't see Jean Beliveau. Like I, I didn't see the the great the titans of the Montreal Canadiens play so highlights here and there it's not where I'm gonna go with it but you know Saku Koivu Patrick Waugh those two stand um, pillars for me I have a Saku Koivu game used synergy stick oh wow in my okay. office thank you I uh, I don't know how I ever got it, it must have been in one of those auctions uh, dinners that I would always go to and sure. you always try and pick up something. Yeah. Uh, and it's a signed uh, Saku Koivu orange synergy. When, when oh. Easton first came out yeah, with, yeah. with, with yeah. the composite sticks, and I think I've used it to stick handle around the house. Like, I'm mm. not going to do anything with it. Yeah. It's, it. Right now it's behind me on the set uh, on when I record the trip, but that's, that's uh, Saku was awesome, and the emotion of Saku, right, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when, when he came back yeah. in, in beating cancer. So there's they carry around these... Uh, links to the past uh, from every generation I- even though this current drought uh, extends to the longest uh, in in Montreal Canadian history not winning since 1993 you poke the bear though you mentioned uh, the third round a couple of years ago uh, Chapman uh, losing to the Montreal Canadiens you know the Habs have lost every game to Vegas since well they've lost a lot of them series. leading up to that too but 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 head to head with Vegas like Montreal surprised the Golden Knights in that third-round series mm-hmm. to get to the Stanley Cup final, eventually losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, it's that, That's like the curse right there. <laughs> you, you, you beat Vegas, you won't beat Vegas again, as, uh, <laughs> as the Golden Knights have won every game since. So last year in Montreal was a real thriller, and then Vegas beat Montreal pretty uh, handily. It, it kind of got close in the end. Uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. Quick uh, played in, yep. in the game yep. uh, here. Uh, it was later in the season uh, at, at T-Mobile Arena, and uh, Vegas was able to uh, sweep both games uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. So what lies in store this time? Let's get uh, a heads up. Uh, Bruce Cassidy was asked about what he knows about Montreal. Has seen him with Montreal off to a good start this morning in his media availability. What kind of challenges did you expect from the Canadiens tonight? Well, they're finding ways to win. Uh, the other night against Winnipeg, they got timely saves, and you know I think offensively they're, they'll create if you give them space off the rush. They got some D that are young with good legs that'll push the pace if you're not over top of people. So, um, if we if the game gets wide open, I think that's when they were they were the most dangerous. We saw them last year, and 
have the ability to certainly finish off the rush. So we got to make sure we're checking well between the blues. Um, take that part of the game away. The decision of when to play Mahal versus Bordak, is that more matchup based or individual? It's a little bit of everything, Ashley. We're trying to. We're trying to find the right guy for the spot, and we've got three to choose from. The problem with Huddy in that mix is he's a left shot, and now someone has to go to the right, and we tried that as well. So we're still kind of experimenting. Um, Huddy's better to go in for an injured guy on the left. It happened to be Whitey and Petro, so now it becomes those two. And we're just kind of, until someone grabs the spot, we'll, we'll keep looking at both. Um, it's as simple as that. So. I wouldn't say it's matchup based. It does factor into it, but not a lot. It's more who's going the best. Who do we see building their game every night um, and make a call? What is, what do you see from Shea Theodore so far? It seems like he's failed it. Yeah, he's a little more dynamic this year in terms of uh, consistency with that part of the game. He wants to be a difference maker, it seems, especially in the ozone, ozone blue line. Um, I find he's defending better in terms of killing plays. Shea's not a physical guy out there. Naber takes care of a lot of that in that pair, but he's good at putting out fires with his stick and his feet, and he's done more of that, I think, this year as well. Uh, added responsibilities probably helped him there, knowing he's, when, especially when Petro was out. Um, but I think offensive blue line seems to have pucks finding him, and he's making good decisions with it. He's fine in shooting lanes. Um, you know, getting pucks through Carly's goal, uh, the goal against Philly, you know what I mean? Just there seems to be a lot more of that this year where he's, like I said, that goal he scored against Florida in the finals there when he was able to shake a guy and then <clears throat> move laterally either way. I mean, he's probably the best laterally moving defenseman I've ever, one of the best, that, you know, Makar obviously goes into that conversation, but one of the best, let's say left shot then, how's that? Moving laterally and be able to separate when there's a guy, it looks like he's closed off and they've got him and he just like he just he's gone two strides he's he's in the clear and either down the wall or into the middle so i think he's he's done that as as well as as i've ever seen him having petrangelo kind of give you more freedom to try things on the back end and try puck on the left or puck on the right or whatever you decide to go with we saw huddy on the right last year we just prefer him on the left and Listen, if, it, if that was the only choice, it'd be fine. We'd make it work. But we have Korzak and Pahal that are good young players, too, that we're trying to identify, too, as an organization. Where are they at in their career? Are they ready to play every night? There's a little bit that goes back to Ashley's question. We're trying to do stay in the moment, but look at the big picture, too, right? Um, so there's a, you know, a little bit of that. But no, I mean, ideally, I like Hag on the left side, where, you know, and Petro Marty. Naber and Theo has worked for us well, and then Hag and White Cloud. So who goes in for White Cloud? It just seems like a right stick's been a better fit than moving Nick to the le a right, playing him with Marty or vice versa. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but at the end of the day, that's how I I make our decision or, or looking at it. <clears throat> Yeah, he's not, uh, hasn't recovered as um, yet to get on the ice. So not in tonight. What are we, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday? Um, I guess I would say when he's back on the ice, I'll give you an answer on when he'd best. Uh, but what, I don't even know if we had him listed as a day-to-day -day or I think so, because that's what he is. <laughs>
Bruce Cassidy updating us uh, among other things the status of Nick Watt, yeah. who will miss his uh, third straight game. No real surprise. Kind of gave us uh, a hint of that, that we wouldn't see Nick for the next little bit uh, going into the three games of four nights. Yeah, and, you know, Nick's uh, a player, obviously, that you, you hope to get back into the fold as, as soon as you, you possibly can. But, again, it's it's the early going of the season, and it's a long season. So uh, you want to make sure that when Nick was is able to get back, he's able to get back 100%. From a Vegas standpoint, now that you've seen this team for nine games and they're still looking for that full, complete game, mm-hmm. and, and there's been gaps in the 60 minutes uh, throughout the game, whether it's the start of the games uh, or in, in Winnipeg, it was, the, it was the third period. I think there's a, a, a large uh, yearning to, to close that gap. If they played 40 good minutes, uh, that would probably be the, the – the extent of it in, in most of the games yeah. uh, where they've been able to control. And no game's ever been been perfect. No. Where, where do you think they have to make the most strides to to make uh, Bruce Cassidy and, and the Hockey Operations Department a little more comfortable with their complete game? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to a degree, it, it was answered in part in their game against Los Angeles, but now it's just about continuing to string it along. Against Chicago, I, I just felt like they their decision-making with, with the puck was, was not where it needed to be. They had a lot of turnovers, hope plays, and it, it allowed Chicago to kind of wrestle back control and, and take control of that game. I thought they were much better against Los Angeles, but really when the Golden Knights are going well, uh, they're, they're supporting each other and they're making really good passes and they're getting up and down the ice with relative ease. They're getting out of their own zone really easy and they're getting in on the forecheck and doing some damage there. So what I'm looking for is just that consistency from the opening faceoff to, to the final horn. The, the ability to continually get out of your own zone, get into the zone, set up, spend some time, find those types of plays and, and not resorting to uh, you know, throwing the puck up the middle of the ice in their own zone and, and having it lead to extended shifts in the in the defensive zone. That's what I'm looking for. Won three out of four points over the course of the weekend against the Chicago Blackhawks and the Los Angeles Kings, so which leads us to our game rating on the VGK Insider Show. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The 2023-24 game rating is uh, based on the uh, booze uh, evaluations. Uh, we've got Fireball as a 1 out of 5 all the way up to a Dom Perignon, mm-hmm. which is a perfect game, a 5 out of 5, the most exquisite uh, contest. Let's do both games if we can do it quickly. Uh, Chicago and because Chicago stopped the winning streak, mm-hmm. I think we should uh, do it separately and then follow it up with the Los Angeles Kings bounce back game on Saturday. Chapman. All right. Well, Chicago, I'm going to go with Tequila. I thought yeah, it's just, that's a three. That's a, that's three. a three out of five. Um, look, they they got out to a great start, but unfortunately, it's a sixty-minute game, not a five-minute game. Uh, but they were that would able be to illegal. Like, there would be <laughs> an investigation. You know what? Yeah, and, and, and just and stop it at five minutes. Des- deservedly so, right? First team to two wins. Uh, but so I like that they they bounce back. I thought they were really sloppy in in a lot of areas. Their 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 puck control was really bad. Um, a lot of a lot of weird turnovers in that one. It appeared that like Shea Theodore was playing with a pool noodle at times, but then he scores the tying goal uh, in the third period. So some good, some bad. It's disappointing the, that the the streak ended, but they did get a point. So I'm going to go with a gin, or I'm sorry, with it with a tequila. All right, on Saturday, I'm going to go with a, with a scotch. 
Fell down 2-0 in that game. Came back, goals by, by Michael Amadio, William Carrier, Mark Stone. And then they win it in the shootout. So uh, you beat your division rival. You, you get two points. Unfortunately, Los Angeles gets one. But considering you were down 2 to nothing in that first period or, or first part of the game, I, I'm i happy that they were able to come back and get the two. just thought of something. If we ever get to a point where there's three games to catch up on, oh, man. we should have to drink the flavors or the products that we give the game rating to. Oh, boy. So in this case, it would be uh, a... a, a a shot Watch. of tequila, yeah, yeah. and uh, and a shot shot of tequila. I think yeah. that'd be fun, and then something else, and and then watch Chapman do the rest that, of the show. Oh yeah. no, game no. rating in the in the in the first segment too. We're, we're not putting this the game up on rating the board. brought to you by. <laughs> wow. wow, what do you got Chapman. there, Wallace? Uh, so yeah, against against Chicago, like I I've, I've been oscillating between a gin and a tequila. I'm gonna go tequila, which is three out of five. I'm not gonna go two out of five, mainly because as as much as that wasn't their game, as much as they did not play well, they were still able uh, to come back, get that one tied up late, and they, they found themselves with an opportunity to win the game and keep the streak alive. So um, I, you know, I, I'm not a fan of going 0 for 4 on the power play and uh, having the game essentially decided on the only power play opportunity for the Chicago Blackhawks, but it's a different situation with it being a 4-on-3 uh, in overtime. So all that to say, it, it's a 3 out of out of 5, and, and you know, probably if they don't pull a point out of it, it's probably more realistically a two out of five. And then against LA, I'm right there with Chapman. It's a, it's a Scotch whiskey. I think that they corrected a number of things that they needed to correct um, going into that game against Los Angeles. Yes, they fall behind early, but they come back. They take control of the game for large stretches. And uh, I, I thought Logan Thompson was absolutely phenomenal, um, not to be discounted in that one either. So uh, uh, two, uh, three out of five tequila for. L, uh, for Chicago and a Scotch whiskey, four out of five for LA. I think that's fair. That's exactly what I was gonna go with. Yeah. Uh, the the two out of five uh, is responsible for and replicates what we saw in the winning streak being stopped. Mm-hmm. And so you you can't give up much more than that uh, because of what the impact was in the overall uh, chase of, of this team and remaining perfect. And there's nothing wrong with that. It also came against a team that. Uh, was not considered to be your your biggest competition in mm-hmm. uh, Connor Bedard's Chicago Blackhawks, but uh, it did uh, lead that way. But the the four or five, uh, I like the the fact that uh, when when you throw a scotch up there, it's it's a bounce back game, and mm-hmm. and it could have been a real negative if you lose that game to Chicago, albeit in overtime, mm-hmm. and then followed up with another loss. Uh, there's there's a stumble. Uh, for you, but the, the the resolve of this team being able to come back from two nothing down was impressive and not perfect because of of what the early hole was uh, was put them in, and but the being able to climb out of it was was warranted of a out of four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm right there with you. I really want a three game rundown. I'm sure we'll get there and get Chapman just looped. Unfortunately, Saturday, Sunday, it's those are the only two. So we're we're going to be back here again next week with a, a two, two. If we get two three games, games and we do them in 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 a row, we do the game rating in the first hour, and Chapman has to do one tequila, two tequila, three tequila shot. Uh, he, he does the he does the, the, the three the three drinks in a row. Does our does our show get better mm. as it goes along, or? <laughs> 
does it hit the uh, hit the waves and, and some bumps? If, what a, was, if a tree falls in the floor in the forest, do you hear it? Because we wouldn't be on the air. No, no, no. I I think I could handle it. But what, I'm, I'm trying to think. On the what, air, so. what was the old uh, George Thorogood song? Was it one bourbon, one scotch, one beer? Yeah, yeah. There we yeah. go. What's your point? Sign me up for that. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Do I get to pick the beer though? No, well, beer, you have to, beer's you have to, not. Beer's no. Not I know, I know, but 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 you need a chaser. I think. What? Now you want to drink more? Hey, I'm all for drinking more. I, I drink alone. Listen, George Thorogood wrote basically the soundtrack of my life. I mean, one one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. I drink alone, bad I, to the bone. I gave I you love that guy. three three shots already, and then you had to take it down a bath of, of, of booze that's not even on our scale. Hey, listen, I I like to drink. I should have been. I, I I should be from Manitoba. That makes no sense either because you don't have no idea whether Manitobans. You, listen, the, the way you described the Manitoba martini, sign me up for that. Yeah, one drink. Okay, well, it's a cool drink. You go to Mexico with a margarita. Are you like it's the same thing? <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're going to oh, take geez. a break. And when we continue, it's one timers news and notes from around the National Hockey League and Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Three stars of the week have been uh, revealed, and the three stars include Tyler Toffoli of the New Jersey Devils. That is a trade. You look where Toffoli came from and where he landed. The impact of Tyler Toffoli having a significant impact on, on the National Hockey League and what the New Jersey Devils have been able to go and obviously leaving a hole uh, in Alberta. The second start, Jonas Johansson, and I fully admit, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Jonas Johansson, <laughs> a star of, uh, of anything, and he's been able to step in. He had opportunities in the past, has never been able to grab hold of it. There's a backstory here. Like something's happened. He's worked with somebody and found his game along the way. He was, mm-hmm. he was close. He's been picked up on waivers by two or three teams, Colorado, I think, twice uh, in the past, but has never followed through on it. And he's doing that right now with the Tampa Bay Lightning in the absence of Andre Vasilevsky. And I can't wait to get what, find out what happened uh, to influence this uh, rise in his game and Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota Wild who uh, who had one incredible performance last week and uh, and that carried him along the way but he had eight points in two games wow. and he recorded his uh, second career hat trick along the way yeah so to me like the Tyler Toffoli thing is is such a perfect perfect move for the New Jersey Devils uh, and he's come in, he's fit in seamlessly, he's been fantastic for them in the early going, and uh, you've got Toffoli, you've got Jack Hughes, this, this is a team that can score goals and, and, and do it well. Um, I'm with you on Jonas Johansson. At no point in time did I think that we were going to be sitting here three weeks into the season talking about Jonas Johansson in this in this way, but you know, good for him. Kudos to him. He's, he's got a great opportunity in front of him, uh, and you got to seize it at, at some point. He's seizing it right now with uh, with Tampa. We will also be able to watch and see what the outdoor game does to a team as far as a boost. Uh, we're looking forward to it from the Vegas Golden Knights' point of view, playing in its first outdoor game on New Year's Day against the Seattle Kraken up at uh, T-Mobile in Seattle at the baseball stadium with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they played the outdoor game yesterday, the Heritage Classic, 20th anniversary of the outdoor game. 
uh, when Edmonton and Montreal played, and it was uh, Jose Theodore with a toque that night. It was so cold. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this game yesterday was slightly warmer, but the impact on both teams was far more uh, severe because of uh, slow starts for Edmonton. Just one win going in. They beat Calgary, who are stuck on two wins now. Uh, Calgary, they had fits and starts and... and uh, real pitfalls yesterday they never truly looked comfortable yesterday and after watching that I'm, I'm inclined to just write it off as an outdoor game and having just one of those games because of the different atmosphere but I, I'm more concerned about Calgary right now than I was about Edmonton even though they had only won uh, one game in their first eight yeah I think yesterday serves as kind of the the launching off point for the Edmonton Oilers the rest of the way. Like, I think it's, you get Connor McDavid back into the fold. You get to exhale a little bit. You finally get yeah, that second win on the board. And, and I would be surprised if this doesn't uh, start kind of a run from the Edmonton Oilers. I, I think that it's it's a, a natural reset point for, for them. With the Calgary Flames, I, I still am, am kind of up in the air as to what I expect and what I believe Calgary is going to be. They've been up and down and inconsistent and, you know, I think the the fact of the matter is they're they're gonna need to find uh, their own reset in, in a way and start putting together a bit of a win streak here. I expected way more out of this team with the coaching change, and I've mentioned that uh, they got uh, past Daryl Sutter, who everybody complained was too hard on the players, mm -hmm. uh, too much of a taskmaster. Uh, they get uh, a, a coach coming in in Ryan Huska, who was an assistant before. Usually, you get that bump with a little more tender approach and it hasn't uh, it hasn't happened i don't know which player it, it was has said we we can't talk about coaches we don't like or coaches we do like or coaches that are nice and coaches that are mean anymore we just we gotta play we gotta we gotta go out and and, and play and uh Kadri was noticeable yesterday but uh he was uh he was about it uh, in in the overall approach of the game they, they made chances a couple of two-man advantages that just were were ineffective uh, with, with that team and without the, the play of Jacob Markstrom that would have been a runaway yeah and, and I think that you know for me like I think you, you've got to get a little bit more out of out of the Jonathan Huberdo you just do if you're the Calgary Flames like that was kind of the piece coming back the other way that and Mackenzie Weger for sure but uh, you've got to find a way to get to get more out of Huberdo otherwise it's going to be another long season for Calgary so Edmonton you think is going to uh, roll from here Connor McDavid did play. He, he wasn't uh, a main factor in putting up crazy numbers yesterday. He, yeah. he, had, he had a couple of good rushes and good opportunities, but uh, I, I'd be encouraged if I was Edmonton because we won uh, and didn't need Connor. I, I'm, I'm still, even though he got through it and it's fine, I'm shocked that he played. I'm yeah. shocked that they let him play. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I think that this was uh, very much pushed by Connor McDavid, uh, that the team wasn't was holding trying to be a, a more conservative coming off the injury uh, because of the you don't know what the ice is going to be it's yeah. not going to be perfect uh, in the with the weather and etc but but good on him uh the athlete wants to play uh, i'm always uh appreciative uh, of that side instead of uh the the, the guy that uh, is has to be perfect every time before they go out and play and that, so that that part of it uh, is right there and we'll see what what Edmonton does and whether or not they can turn this into 
any kind of positives. Yeah, I just I think that you know again it, it's it's it serves as a before and after of, of sorts, and I know that sounds ridiculous, eight games into the season, but it had been going so poorly for Edmonton that I think you look at any real reason here to to, to kind of start a run, to start a new, to start fresh, and I, I believe that the fact that they were able to pull out a five-two victory, the fact that you know you got a, a solid game out of Evander Kane, Leon Drysaitel looked really good. Um, Stuart Skinner played well. Like The fact that you were able to do and check some boxes off there and McDavid comes back, gets through the game, and, and you're hoping that he gets better and better and looks more and more like himself every successive game, I think that you have an early season scare and uh, you use the outdoor game, the Heritage Classic, as, as now a jumping off point for the rest of the season. I uh, want to acknowledge uh, the passing of Adam Johnson uh, from uh, the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, he was uh, playing in a game you know, on Saturday in the uh, British Elite League and caught the edge of a, of a skate and, uh, and suffered a, uh, a tragic uh, injury. And he played a handful of games in the National Hockey League and was part of a, a number of uh, a couple of different organizations. And at, at 28 years old, suffers an injury that uh, leads to the loss of life uh, in, in a hockey accident. And it just, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody, we lose sight. We get too comfortable around these, these skates. And uh, they are just absolute razor blades. And whether it's kids in scrambles and getting caught up with each other or men's league or uh, recreational leagues uh, and, and, uh, and being a little more reckless than you should be in taking the puck to the net or, or hitting somebody, just think twice about it because it, it's, it, this was an absolute freak accident. Never should have happened at the highest level of, of the game and it occurred there. Never mind what can be uh, a clumsy and uh, rambunctious uh, side of the sport when we get to the to the lower levels. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. First and foremost, condolences to to Adam Johnson, his friends, his his family, and, and really both teams that were were there. All the fans that were there. It, it, you know, it, it's it's one of those things you, you never ever ever want to see. And you know, the the unfortunate aspect of of it is that it, it did happen. And and you know, as you mentioned, Darren, like there's an opportunity to, to really understand and, and really take heed of, of the, the idea that this is a, uh, a really fast and at times chaotic game. And uh, you look at the players at the highest level and you realize that, that there are certain moments where, um, you know, you pull back or you, 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 don't, you don't finish this check or that check or whatever it is, or you, you back away from scrums, whatever it might be. Um, and it, it's really meant to and, and, and understood that, that you're trying to make sure everybody is, is okay and safe, safe and healthy at the end of the game. And uh, I just I, I feel absolutely terrible for, for Adam and his family and his friends and his teammates and, you know, everybody that, uh, that, that was there. I, I watch people play stick and buck, and they go out there without hockey socks, just their, yeah. their, their shin pads with, with uh, calves exposed to, yeah. to a certain extent or public skating, people skating in, in shorts. It's it, it's wildly uh, unlikely that it would happen, but you would you would like some layer of, of protection yeah. uh, out there. So just give that uh, a, a second thought going forward. Uh, end of an era, as Joe Thornton officially retired from the National Hockey League after 24 seasons. I love the way he did it. Yeah, I shirt I'll, off, <laughs> big hat. <laughs> no just telling people. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, 
Joe's awesome, and and like I know that that's kind of a taboo thing to say here, especially given the at one time massive rivalry between the Vegas Golden Knights and the in the San Jose Sharks. But Joe Thornton loved to play hockey, incredibly fun player, um, just a, a amazing in terms of what he was able to do with San Jose uh, upon that trade from Boston. Right, the 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 finish that he had in that season, winning uh, winning the the Hart Trophy. The points that he racked up, uh, the connection with Jonathan Chichu for a season or two in which Chichu just could not stop scoring because Thornton kept setting him up. Um, it's it's unfortunate, and, and I mean this sincerely, it is unfortunate that Joe Thornton was, was never able to win a Stanley Cup because I can only imagine what that celebration would have been like for him and for the hockey world to, to see him enjoy that moment. But uh, a one-of-a-kind player and, and just a, 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 a fun, fun fun energetic guy that trade boston to san jose Mm -hmm. is top five most lopsided trades in nhl history yeah michael connell was the general manager of the boston bruins at the time and it was it was partly out of that thornton wasn't fitting in with coaching side of it uh, in boston but wow and the guys that Boston got, they basically shipped out the next year. It wasn't you didn't even need the next twenty years yeah. for the for the trade to to point out that it was lopsided. It was it was done in a year and a half. Uh, Boston Bruins uh, could have had him. Could have been a cornerstone for their entire franchise. He could have been the Bergeron yeah. before Bergeron kind of thing. Right. Uh, different different games, but uh, different positions. But man, oh man, the, they had him, and uh, and it's another reason why you gotta be so patient with young guys. And and I think the media pressure in Boston drove that uh, as much as uh, anything else. Yeah, I think you're right on the money in terms of the expectations for a a, a number one overall pick, a high draft pick, and. Um, what you want them to do in their first couple of seasons versus like how long it might take them to, to reach that potential. And you just start to th- sit and think about what it might have looked like for the Boston Bruins if they had Joe Thornton, Patrice Bergeron, and David Krejci down the middle for years and years and years. No, they, they did a load management with him mm. in, in his first year, but it was, wasn't called load management. <laughs> and it, it was received much more negatively than it is in today's sporting world and i wonder if if the same thing happened today whether joe thornton ends up having a lifelong career in in boston yeah just just the way it was approached Uh, those are your one-timers news notes from around the national hockey league we have tickets to give away tickets to uh the los angeles kings game next week uh first of two pairs so call now be caller number nine to 702-876-1340 and we will give you those tickets we'll come back with catching up with chap next When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, tomorrow's Halloween, obviously, but tonight... No way. Yeah, yeah, you believe that? When did that come up? I know, out of nowhere, just out of the blue. But when I was a kid growing up, the night before Halloween was always fun for us, more so in my teenage years. Because we had something called Mischief Night. Yeah, you get into trouble. That's what you do. Well, That's not fun for other people. Well, I think within reason. I mean, What would you do? We, egg, egg houses? Would you soap cars? No, we, we would do uh, toilet paper, people's trees, 
Uh, yeah, we would do some egging of houses. We would do the old uh, set the paper bag on fire. With, no, you uh, wouldn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would do That's that. That's gross. Well, we had some, some neighbors who weren't so friendly, so... Well, uh, I know why they weren't friendly. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Because you were leaving why. crap on their doorstep but, and lighting it on fire. But it got me wondering, it, I, was that just a regional thing? Because I don't think that that goes on here in Vegas. Actually, no, let, let's, I'll, I'll be honest. I think I'd be a little afraid in, in, in 2023 to do some of the stuff that we did when I was teenage Chapman. I mean, we're talking 30, 30 years ago. But, I mean, times have changed. I feel like... You're probably putting your life at risk sometimes if you do some of that stuff. But well, uh, yeah, of course, because you're messing with people's property. Yeah, like one of one of the best ones we did was we found out where one of our coaches lived, and we uh, we toilet papered his house. We, we what was that track coach? Yeah, we egged his house, and one of our friends put hot dogs on his barbecue grill. Well, unfortunately, coach did not find those hot dogs until spring of the following year, but he knew. He knew that we had did it, so the next day at practice, not fun. We did the did equivalent. Did he try and catch you? No, no, he wasn't home, but he knew it was us, so we did the equivalent of a bag skate at practice. I don't Can think you explain I, to me the, the hot dog thing? It was just one of those things that we, we just did for fun. Um, but, yeah, we. But where, where does that get him? Like, I don't understand how that sticks it to the coach. Well, I think we were hoping that he wasn't going to find them, and he didn't. He never thought to look until when he went to go grill in the spring. There were seven-month-old hot dogs on his grill. Mm. I see. <laughs> yes. Good times. Good times. That's a – I don't like that prank. Could have gone harder. Pre-game show coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.